Welcome to Salem Heights Church. We're so thankful that you're with us and that we get to worship together, that we get to get in God's word together. If you're new with us, we're gonna ask you to make contact with us. Let us know how we can pray for you. You can do that at info at salemheightschurch.org. Or if you have questions, we wanna answer those. May it be that when we worship together and get into his word, that it'll be a sweet time for you. And may God then walk us into good works for all of us that would bring him glory. May the Lord bless you. Have a great time.
Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever we live for you, oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you.
Lord, that would be our prayer. That in these times that it seems like trial keeps getting extended longer and longer, Lord, that we would be building our lives not on the sinking sand, but on the solid rock that is your love, Lord. You have given us the blueprint of what it looks like to love the world and love each other. Father, and I pray that we would not get stuck in our own minds and our own concerns, Lord, but that we would care about those around us, that we would love the world like you love us. We pray that you would speak to our hearts today as we hear from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, church. Pastor P here, and I wanted to share some exciting news before we get to today's message. Several weeks ago, we started uh, our first step towards uh, gathering together in person uh, with our fireside gatherings on Wednesday evenings. And, and we've had three of those so far, and, and they've gone very well. Uh, we've had a uh, great response to those. And everyone who's attended those has just been able to sense uh, the importance of coming together. Our church leadership and staff is still committed to taking a very slow approach to us regathering. But we want to take advantage of this beautiful weather that we're having um, to gather together as a church. And so next Sunday, August 30th, we are going to be offering two church services here live in the parking lot. Um, if you want to participate in either one of these services, you can go online and register today for that. Uh, we do have capacity issues for both of those in adherence to the state governance and so uh, space will be limited but we don't want anybody to miss out and so as we watch our registration if it gets to where we're starting to meet capacity we are even prepared to offer an additional service on that day so that anyone who wants to come can. We do know that there are uh, several though who won't be able to attend whether you're out on vacation or possibly just not able to gather with other people yet and so we're going to be live streaming uh, our service for the first time on that Sunday and so you'll be able to watch online and if you're not able to watch during uh, the time of our morning service it'll be available on demand right after the service is completed. So I want to invite you to prayerfully consider joining us on Sunday. We're going to have a service in the morning and a service in the evening to make sure that uh, those of you who might be coming back into town could possibly join us uh, in the evening on Sunday night. But we're also excited to come together for worship, for the Word, as Pastor Justin will be preaching to us. We're also going to have Lord's Supper. And we also want to invite anybody who is wanting to get baptized to let us know on the registration saying, I I'd like to get baptized. We're also going to try to incorporate that as well. It's going to be a tremendous Sunday, and, and while we don't anticipate right now uh, making um, this to be our new norm, uh, we don't anticipate coming together for weekly gatherings at this point yet, this is the next step in us in that process. And so we hope this is exciting. Our, our desire is to energize our church family as we can come together outdoors and safely worship the Lord together. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Well, good morning, church. So good to be with you again this morning. And if you are a first-time visitor, man, we're really glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. And I want to invite everyone to grab their Bibles and find the New Testament letter of Philippians and find chapter 4 in Philippians. We're going to be looking in that chapter this morning, but I'm really excited to be joined by Tim. Uh, Tim, you're on staff here and you uh, direct our student ministries. And I'm really excited to, to walk through this with you and 
it's been really fun for me to uh, prepare over the last couple of days. Likewise. Uh, on this message. Yeah. So uh, Philippians chapter 4 is a really familiar passage. And um, our, our topic today as we're in this series, The Faithful Prayers of Fractured Lives, is to look at the topic of anxiety. Yeah. And this is a really classic text for how we should, as followers of Jesus Christ, respond to anxiety and stress when we feel that starting to build up in our lives. But one of the things that I wanted to highlight for us as we kind of start out this morning is uh, I want to talk about the idea of proximity, um, the idea of being close to something. And um, I think that proximity is um, something that we might not even notice how influential it is, that being close to something can actually have an influence in our life. So, for example, uh, you and I were both teachers mm -hmm. um, prior to coming on staff here. And, and let me ask you this question. Uh, if you had a student in class that was uh, having a hard time paying attention, was distracting other students, uh, what would you tend to do with that student? Place them right at the front of the class, right next to me. <laughs> right. And why would you do that? Uh, so they could listen to me better, not distract the rest of the students, and they might get disciplined quicker. <laughs> right. But typically, you bring a student closer to you because you want them to hear, don't yep. want them to be distracted, and you want right. to increase their learning. So yep. that impact typically works. Sometimes yes. it doesn't work <laughs> as teachers. Uh, I also know that you and I um, both enjoy the outdoors and uh, done a little camping. Um, but a fire, you build a fire. What do we know is true about your proximity to a fire? If you're cold, you get closer to it, you get warmer. Right. Yeah. So the closer I am to fire, I actually right. feel the influence of that fire, the warmth. Yeah. I take that on. Uh, the last idea of proximity that we're all familiar with is in relationships, whether it yeah. be friendships or dating or mm -hmm. marriage. Um, some of the closest friends we were talking about in our lives are people that we met. Yeah, in college. In college. Yeah. And, and still continuing to this day. Right. And it, Maybe didn't know those people. Maybe right. came from different parts of Oregon or different states even. Yeah. Uh, some of my uh, dear friends I met in college too, and it was the proximity of them, not necessarily growing up with them or having everything in common. Some of my dearest friends had different majors or doing different things, and yet yeah. being around them every day, maybe being in the same classes, being in the same hall, that led to friendships growing. That influence brought us together. Yeah. Well, the reason why I think proximity is so important for us to consider is as we read this passage today, one of the things that I want us to take away and see is that our proximity to God determines our proximity to peace. Mm -hmm. That the closer we are to God, mm -hmm. the more peace we're going to experience in our lives. And mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes that in our lives we... Um, go to the Lord in prayer when things are getting kind of chaotic. I know in this season, the last six months, dealing with COVID and all the other things going on in our world, there's been a lot of prayer. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think we approach God at asking Him for peace, the resource of peace. Like, yeah. God, give me this resource and then I will apply it. Mm -hmm. What I really hope that we'll see today is that God's desire or God's desire to give us peace, the promise of Him granting peace in our lives is in the person of Jesus Christ. That our relationship to Him, our nearness to the Lord, is what's going to translate or result in peace in our lives. So yeah. let's read our text for this morning, and then uh, we'll talk through kind of the things that really jumped out to us as we prepared. We're going to start in verse 4 and read through four, verse 9. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. 
Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Mm. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm -hmm. So I love this passage of scripture. This, I, I found a lot of encouragement in this scripture. Um, but the thing that, as I was studying it, and we were talking this week, getting ready to um, record this message, is I just love how you can study a familiar passage, even a passage that you and I both taught on, yeah. and there's something that God will highlight, going, hey, did you see this? Yeah. And, and for me, um, that is this statement that's made in verse 9, that if we, that he's saying to these believers, that if they do what they have learned and received and heard from him and seen in his life, that the God of peace would be with them. Yeah. I was thinking maybe you could kind of help us with the context. You know, yeah. Where is Paul at when he's writing? What's his relationship to these people? Yeah, so um, Paul here, he's, he's at home arrest. He's uh, most likely in chains, and he's writing to a group of people that he had a relationship with, but he's in no way uh, sitting in a coffee shop comfortable. Um, he's writing to them and rejoicing um, in in prison, yeah. In, in essence, yeah. One of these. This is one of his letters that is more um, emotional, affectionate than yeah. some of his other letters that seem to be more direct and mm -hmm. corrective. Yeah. And so, yeah. Throughout this letter, we see him talking about rejoicing. Yeah. Now, and he's in prison, so he's he is not in a in a good space. He's not in something that would be uh, typically something that we would rejoice in. But he, yeah, he has this positive attitude. He says in chapter one, verse three, that he he gives thanks continually. And, mm -hmm. Chapter 4, he, he we've just read, he's, he's saying, rejoice. Yeah. Let me say it again, rejoice. And then we know that famous passage uh, later on in this chapter 4 where he says, I can do all things mm -hmm. through Christ, and I've learned the secret to being content in all circumstances. I mean, so this is a guy who you wouldn't know it that he was in prison unless we kind of had the background, and he right. actually references being in chains. But one of the things that uh, in Scripture we see is, um, there are times in the Bible where um, there's directives yeah. and there's promises. Mm -hmm. and, and God is, even in the Old Testament, you see in his relationship with Israel, if you do these things, if you honor me as God and you don't worship other false gods, and you follow me, I will be your God and you will be my people. But yeah. if you disobey, there's mm -hmm. going to be a consequence. Mm -hmm. Fast forward now to the New Testament. Uh, we are believers, both Jews and Gentiles, all who place their faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, we can read these passages and sometimes miss that there's actually directive here. Mm -hmm. And I just love this fact again that Paul is saying, I I'm, gonna, I I'm covering some things that I want you guys to be about. And if you will do these things that the Holy Spirit is leading me to tell you yeah. and, and that I have applied to my life and I've seen the benefit, you too will see the benefit of peace. Yeah. So there are three things that I think that, um, or excuse me, four things that we're going to talk about this morning, four things that kind of jump out of us from mm -hmm. the text on how then we can draw near to the God of peace. Because that's really the main thing we want to focus on this morning is yeah. in times of stress and anxiety, the person who's crying out to God 
should be looking to draw closer to God than just trying to attain peace. So yeah. how do we draw near to the God of peace? Yeah. The first thing that we see here is that we need to perceive his work. Mm -hmm. Paul says here in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And this was uh, something that you had pointed yeah. out, which is that he talks about, um, don't, he's not asking us just to rejoice in the pain and suffering that we're experiencing, but he's saying, rejoice in me. Rejoice in yeah. the things that I'm doing. Do you see it? Yeah. I'm at work. Even in the hardship, I'm at work. And that there's something worthy of praise. Or there's something that deserves um, you know, rejoicing over. Yeah. So where Paul is, is, he said in verse 9, I want you to do the things that I'm teaching you, but also that you've seen in me, yeah. mm -hmm. and you will have the same outcome. Where is it a place maybe in Scripture where we've seen Paul actually practice what yeah. he's preaching here? Yeah, yeah. Well, something that came to my mind was in Acts 16, 23 through 25. And we find Paul and Silas um, in prison. Um, and it says in verse 23, They had struck them with many blows. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Uh, now, they could have instantly gone, this is unfair, post on Facebook, I hate this, all this kind of stuff. But their response was completely different. In uh, verse 25, it says, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. That would have been an amazing worship session. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. You know, the, the thing, I guess, that was on my heart, and like, how did, how did Paul practice what he preached? He rejoiced in the Lord regardless of his circumstance. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, he praised God regardless. Um, he and Paul were there praising God in prison. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. And so they're worshiping God. And they're seeing that even God, even in this circumstance, I know that you're still at work. Yeah. There's still something that I can be praising you for. Mm -hmm. And we see that God sends an earthquake, supernaturally releases them, gives mm -hmm. Paul now the opportunity. He leads yeah. Yeah. The, the jailer and his family to Christ. Mm -hmm. But there's a kind of an, another illustration that as we kind of think of what Paul is saying here, it's important yeah. for us when anxiety starts to go and cloud our vision for us to kind of look up and see, but God, what are you at work doing? Yeah. And you had an illustration that kind of helped yeah. you maybe think about that. Well, I'm, I just remember back in the day when I was a student, um, hearing about uh, what people used to think about the universe. And uh, thousands of years ago, uh, people used to believe, Ptolemy and Aristotle, that uh, the universe um, and our, our galaxy, um, our solar system, that the earth was the center of it. And everything else surrounded it. Yeah. And then a guy came along named Copernicus that went, just a second, Let, let's, let's look at this a little more accurately. And he said that the sun was the center of our universe and then everything else surrounded around it. And it got me thinking um, with Paul and Silas, like what allowed them, what, what gave them the ability to praise God amidst their, um, amidst their situation? Um, and it was that the capital S-O-N was the center of their universe, mm. the sun. Jesus was the center of their lives. If, if they had been the center of the universe, they could have said, look at me. This is unfair, unjust. I, I, we don't deserve this, which is rightly so. But because Jesus was the center, center of their universe, it actually allowed for them to have a conversation, as you said, with that Roman jailer. 
he came to know Jesus. He was served. He wasn't retaliated against. Mm -hmm. um, and it opened up an opportunity for the gospel. Yeah. So their ability to see God's work and yeah. trust that he is in control and that this was part of his plan allowed yeah. them to have the proper response to a stressful situation. Yeah. So I love that illustration that when we make the son, yeah. Jesus Christ, the son of God, the center of our life, that's going to give us the ability to praise him. Yeah. But if we're the center of everything, yeah. circumstances are going to cause us to maybe allow worry and anxiety to ramp up yeah. um, when things go He's way better at holding up all the planets. I'm pretty terrible at that. <laughs> right. We can't hold things together no, like he can. Absolutely. Yeah. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice again. Re repetition means I'm, mm. this is an emphatic, like this is yeah. something I need you to be doing. And then he goes into um, verses 6 and 7 where we see this classic text that points to a real kind of uh, instruction to handling anxiety. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. And some of your Bibles says be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. The second thing we see that will help us draw near to the God of peace so that we can experience his peace is that we need to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that jumps out to me here is that he says, in everything and all the things that would cause you to worry, yeah. And I love uh, Warren Wearsby kind of defines worry or anxiousness as being kind of torn yeah. or separated, pulled apart by both your hopes and your fears. Yeah. He says when those things start to rise up and it's like, I don't know if I can attain that hope or I'm really worried about this fear and you start to kind of get pulled apart. He says, talk to God. Yeah. That idea of praying without ceasing is not just start asking God to fix it, start asking God to get you out of it, but it's pray mm -hmm. and then petition. Yeah. Pray is just that communication with God. I think there are times where it just helps to talk things out. Yeah. I, I know that for you and I, we our offices are right next to each other. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, I, <laughs> I actually enjoy it. Yeah, but there are times where we'll pop into each other's office and just talk. And there are yeah. certain times when we're working through ministry mm -hmm. um, where it's just nice to be able to talk to each other and kind of go, not only do you understand ministry and you can relate, but able to encourage and pray with each other. Yeah. I think that's part of the conversation, the relationship that God desires us to have with him. He says, come to me and, and, and lay it out before me. Yeah. Don't worry about the situation. Throw those worries to me. And then, you know, make your requests. Make, you know, some Bibles use the word petition. Some Bibles use the words uh, supplication. But we do that. Um, we're called to do that in every situation. Yeah. How do we see Paul live yeah. this out in his yeah. life? So uh, it's interesting, I, I counted up all the times that Paul prayed in the New Testament, and it's 41 times that mm -hmm. he writes in his letters, I'm praying for you, you're on my heart, um, I'm pleading for you. And we think of Daniel and Moses and David as great prayers, but sometimes we, we forget that, that Paul also mm -hmm. was a prayer. Um, and there's a moment in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he's... He's seen some amazing things, and God uses a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. Mm -hmm. And it's just rubbing him, it's right? It's irritating him, right? Yeah. And in verse 8 of chapter 12, it says this, Concerning this, I implore the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said, God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for, for uh, power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses 
so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, Paul speaking, saying, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, distresses, persecutions, difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, I am strong. Uh, God, God gave him the answer to his prayers by saying, I am the answer that you need. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we highlight these ways where Paul actually lived this out because yeah. he, again, he points out in verse 9 that if you do what I'm teaching you and, and follow my example, mm. I believe that this will be true for you, that you will be near the God of peace, which ultimately leads us to experiencing peace yeah. in our lives. And so here he's praying repeatedly. And I love what it says that, that what will be the result of that. And the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know that during this time, um, the things that stir me up usually start out not just intellectually, but also in my emotions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the heart in the Bible, it typically refers to the seat of emotion. So mm-hmm. heart equals feelings. Mm-hmm. The mind equals intellect, our ability to think. What are our thoughts? Um, anxiety is and worry is the result of external circumstances or things that are happening around us or to us start to impact the way we think mm-hmm. and the way we feel. Yeah. And we can either get stirred up and go down that rabbit hole to worry and anxiety, mm-hmm. can't get being pulled apart, mm-hmm. or we can have a solution here that says, I can remain steady. And what he says here is, if we will give that to God, what God will give us in return is his peace. Mm-hmm. He will give us his peace, the confidence of knowing that he's got this. Yeah. He can help us achieve our hopes. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 3, he's able to do even more than we can ask or think. He can also help prevent anything we're worried from. He can protect us or help us endure and get through it. But that peace that God gives us, it guards, it says, our heart and our mind. God's word, Mm -hmm. his peace, his presence will help guard my feelings and my Mm -hmm. thinking. He will help me feel the right feelings Mm -hmm. and think the right thoughts about what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing. I I also think that what he's talking about here is that the peace of God helps to bring those two things together. John Piper put it like this. He said, the intellect, our mind, exists to throw logs into the furnace of our affections for God. So instead of thinking, well, I gotta, I gotta kind of push down my feelings and just look at this rationally, yeah. or thinking, I can't think through. My feelings are so strong. My feelings have to be true. Mm-hmm. What Piper says is, God has designed us to be able to see something, but our intellect, if we're perceiving God, should lead us to have a stronger affection for God, drawing yeah. closer to Him, and in return, experience peace. Yeah. And so when we pray on a regular basis and we talk to God and we, we tell Him what's going on and the things we're struggling and we, we ask Him to help and we ask Him for wisdom and we ask Him to help us to maybe sometimes sit and stay yeah. under the trial so that it can have its refining work <laughs> yeah. in our lives, it says that He will allow that process to be, He'll guard it like mm-hmm. a guard standing in front of, a, uh, of you know, saying, you're not getting in here. Right. But He'll also help those things sink up and and actually work together to draw us to himself. Mm. The third thing that he goes on to tell us here is in verse 8. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. The third thing we see that will help us draw close to this God of peace is that we need to ponder his truth. Mm-hmm. 
And I really think that he's saying here is that I need to um, focus on these things that are true mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I need to focus on. Yeah. Uh, where's another way we see Paul do this in his life? Yeah, just a, just, just a chapter before this in chapter 3, uh, Paul lists out who he was. And uh, he says in chapter 3, verse 5, that he was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the he Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. Now, of, of any guy to have a past, it would have been Paul. Of any guy to deal with, hey, I, I once to, used to be super significant, mm -hmm. um, well-respected in the community, uh, and then also reflect and maybe ponder all of his poor decisions that he made, the approval of the killing of Stephen, if anyone to deal with past thoughts, it would have been Paul. Uh, and he, he could be completely overwhelmed by those things, and those could be all that he meditate and ponder. But he says a little bit later in chapter 3, verse 13, he says, I, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind, and I reach forward to what lies ahead. He pondered, he meditated, he chewed on who he was in Christ and what was to come. Rather than focusing on all the past, the poor decisions, and all the pleasures of his previous life. Yeah. So the past can be leading you to think wrong things about yourself, both yeah. positively and negatively. Yeah, right? yeah. I can look back to my past and go, look at all my positive outcomes, look at all my successes. Yeah. I can figure this one out too, right. which would not be a good solution yeah. to peace. Or it can be like, oh man, I've messed up so much. I'm just, there's no hope for me. Right. Again, doesn't lead us to peace. Mm -hmm. Paul is saying, dwell on these things. Yeah. And I, and I love that um, what it, it says here, if you notice here at the end of verse 7, it talks about the peace of God that surpasses human understanding. It's a supernatural peace that you can't just generate by human means. Mm -hmm. That God gives you that, that protects your heart and mind, that sinks them up. But that's all possible in Christ. Yeah. And so he's like, think about all these things. If you look at what is true and honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, mm -hmm. who is the epitome of all those things? That's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. And so as we start to think about those things, our minds are, are quickly going to be yeah. taken to thoughts of Christ. Mm -hmm. Again, peace, I believe, is in direct correlation to my proximity to God. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Phillips, in his commentary, um, talking about these verses, wrote this, and I, and I thought it kind of sum, summarizes what we're talking about. He says, Before laying the choices and challenge of Philippians 4.8 before us, Paul penned two words at the end of verse 7, Christ Jesus. Verse 8 stems directly out of those thoughts of Jesus and leads us directly back to thoughts of Jesus. We must think Christ. Mm. This is the ultimate secret of a positive thought life. All unworthy thoughts perish in his presence. Mm -hmm. So we need to ponder. He says, dwell on these things. Some translations say, think on these things. And I think this is probably one of the areas in our life that can get really hard. Mm -hmm. When things are going and, and, and they're starting to get too fast and feeling mm -hmm. out of control and the wheels are coming off, yeah. we might call out to God. Mm -hmm. We might try to remain positive in our attitude, yeah. but to actually take the time to ponder, mm -hmm. to dwell, to think upon the truth of who God is, who Christ yeah. is. Um, that's going to take time, mm -hmm. intentional time, and it's going to take silence. Yeah. Where I'm, I'm not letting anything else distract me. I'm just going to spend time with God.
But the hope here is that if I do that, I'm going to be replacing those thoughts of worry yeah. with thoughts of Christ. And I love what Philip says here. Worry runs away mm. in the presence of Christ because Christ is greater yeah. than our worries. So we're called here to uh, perceive what he is doing. We're mm-hmm. called here to pray without ceasing. We're called here to ponder his truth. These things will all lead us closer to this God of peace. But then there's an action. Mm-hmm. And it says the fourth thing that we need to do if we want to draw close to the God of peace is we need to put these things into practice. Uh, throughout this text, starting in verse 4 all the way through verse 9, we see these action words. He calls us to rejoice, to present ourselves, to dwell, and to do um, we are called to take this, and he says here in verse 9, Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. Uh, other translations say, put these things into practice. Yeah. Why is it so important that we don't just read these things and kind of maybe find comfort in them, but actually apply them to our lives? I think it's so important. I mean, imagine you're sick, right? or you even got just a small stomach ache and you don't do anything about it, you're going to remain sick. You're going to remain, you know, something's going to be wrong in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes opening up the cupboard, getting the Pepto-Bismol out, taking a little bit, you're going to feel a little better. Yeah. Um, but there's an action there. The, God calls us to an action, as you said, to practice. Um, that's, that's where peace comes from. This is not a description in this passage. This is a prescription. Yeah. And so if you will do these things that are, yeah. we can do because we are in Christ, yeah. he provides the power for us to see beyond our temporal and to see who he is. Mm. He gives us the power to uh, be in communication. He, yeah. he, he provides the relationship through Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He gives us the understanding that when we ponder truth, we can mm-hmm. understand it because the Holy Spirit gives us understanding yeah. of what God's truth says. He says, if you will do these things, I'll provide the power mm-hmm. if you will provide the, the action, mm-hmm. if you will provide the practice, mm-hmm. and the result will be peace yep. in your life. Uh, these things are not natural to put into practice. Mm-hmm. It's not natural right now in light of what we're going through to rejoice. Right. It's going to be more uh, natural to feel like we've been robbed, yep. we've been, things have been taken away from us, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't been treated fairly. Mm-hmm. It'd be more natural for us to not pray, but to think, and how do I, how am I going to fix these things, yeah. or to worry about it and, yeah. and get critical. Mm-hmm. It'd be more natural for us to spend time trying to distract ourselves from reality than rather yeah. think about the reality of who God is, what He might be up to, and how He wants me to respond. Yeah. But He says, if you will be intentional, and mm-hmm. you will do these things, not only do I believe this will be true in your life, that you, the God of peace will be with you and that you will receive a peace that surpasses human understanding. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. And since he loves these Philippian believers, he planted this church, he saw these people, he probably has specific people in his mind yeah. when he's yeah. writing this letter to them. Yeah. He is saying, not only am I delivering this to you because God thinks this, I have lived it and I want mm-hmm. you to experience it yeah. too. So, in our life right now, yeah. in, the, in this season of life, we're either going to be pursuing peace apart from God or we're going to be pursuing peace in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And my desire, this, this big takeaway for this morning again, is my proximity to God determines my proximity to peace. Am I asking God to just give me peace right now, to help me to go take care of these situations on my own? 
Or am I in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, giving it over to God, drawing close to Him, filling my mind with thoughts of Him, and letting Him give me, exchanging my worry and replacing it with His peace? Yeah. So uh, there are some things that uh, we want to do um, in our questions, and one of them is actually an assignment. Yeah. Uh, what's the first thing we want folks to do um, now as we wrap up? We, we want them to take time to rejoice. And so um, we want to give you guys an opportunity, give, give our church family an opportunity just to, to praise God. Um, so in, in the home groups, wherever you're at, uh, to start making a list of counting your blessings, um, yeah. one by one, uh, all that God's done. Um, and so the, that, that question that we have is, is what is something that God's done or is doing right now in your life or in the world around you that you can thank Him for? Yeah. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yeah. So we're saying do that right now. Right. And if you're not uh, with somebody today, if you're watching by yourself, yeah. the action would be take out an actual piece of paper, yeah. grab something to write with, and write out. Yep. What can you thank God for right now? Yep. The second question we'd love for you guys to spend time discussing is which of these three steps perceiving what God is doing, praying without ceasing, or pondering His truth, yeah. which of those three steps has been the hardest for you to practice? Yeah. And then the last question is, who is someone that you could encourage with this passage this week? And I know that, Tim, as we've been preparing this, yeah. um, we were just both talking about, we've had multiple opportunities mm -hmm. to use this text to encourage people right now who are dealing yeah. with worry and anxiety and stress. And it's just, it's a fitting passage that yeah. I think God not only wants to use to nurture us mm -hmm. and to encourage us and to comfort us, but he wants us to take it out. Yeah, and, um, and as he says in scripture, he's the God of all comfort who mm -hmm. has comforted us with a comfort that he ex ex expects us to yeah. go and comfort others with. So Tim, yeah. thanks for helping out this morning. Yeah, man. Would you pray for our church that we would apply this scripture and be encouraged by yeah. it? Yeah, let's do it. Heavenly Father God, we, we thank you so much. Well, we rejoice in you today. We, we praise you for what you have done, what you're doing, what you will do. God, we thank you for the cross, for the resurrection. We thank you for our neighbors, for our family. We thank you for your provision, for your goodness, your grace. And God, like James says, we consider it joy as we're going through this trial, knowing that we're not walking alone. You're walking with us and you're doing something in us. God, help us to keep our eyes up. Um, at you. Help us to also keep our eyes out and to let our gentle spirit be known to all men yeah. that we that we have an opportunity to look around to see who else needs this message, this message of hope and peace. And God, I pray that, that, this, uh, that this season is, is known of one that is defined by prayer. We're releasing our agendas, we're releasing our schedule, and we are coming to you over and over coming to you in conversation as we go, saying, God, help. God, I need you. God, I trust you. And where we come to you and see your answer is that your grace is sufficient for us. God, I thank you so much. And, and I pray, that lastly, that we ponder, that we dwell and meditate and chew on those things that are true, those things that are honorable, all those things, God, that are found and defined really by in the person of Jesus that we ponder and meditate on all those good things and not the things of this world. Uh, God, help us to be those that practice these things and not just hear them only, as your word says, that we'd be doers mm -hmm. and found faithful until we see you face to face. God, thank you 
for our church. Thank you for this season. Thank you for being with us. We love you, and we pray all these things in Christ's name.